0: You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast. And I'm continuing the conversation I began yesterday talking about This kingdom that Jesus preached so much about, it was almost an upside down and backwards kingdom to human understanding of what God was wanting to do through his Messiah. And so today we're going to be digging into John chapter 10, and we're going to dig into Psalm 23. At our church during this season, we are in 21 days of looking towards God for contentment. Two days ago, the question was, am I content with my necessities. And I had a friend who shared that on Facebook and she shared some scripture and I just want to highlight my response to her because it's really kind of how God started this conversation with me that I'm in with you today. Touch on that for sure. So let me get to that information. So she said, 1 Timothy 6, 6, we have a prophet that is greater than theirs, our holy awe of God. To have merely our necessities is to have enough. That's what the P- Passion Translation says says, And she says, are you content with your necessities? Verse 7 says, isn't it true that our hands were empty when we came into this world? And when we leave this world, our hands will be empty again. And so my response to her was, I remember when I began to contemplate the idea of an abundant life in Christ some 14 years ago. I had no paradigm for understanding abundance apart from material excess. As I did a word study of that Greek word, abundance, and a parallel word in the Hebrew, which was overflow, and we're going to go to Psalm 23 for that, there was one definition in common in those two words, superabundance. I was like, okay, this further complicates my issue, God. And so I prayed, God, would you help me understand what this means? I felt in my heart that he responded, it is living from the place where everything I provide is enough. I'm going to say that again. That idea of superabundance in Christ is about living from the place where everything that God provides is enough. Immediately, my response to that information was, God, satisfy me with what you provide. Even if it's just a cardboard box for my home, it will be enough. So I began to come into agreement with the truth he, he gave me. Now, I understand that the abundance of God is more than a cardboard box. But I had to change my paradigm from thinking about the things that I would get in that abundance to whatever I get is enough. You see, in Christ, I lack no good thing. I'm going to say that again. In Christ, I lack no good thing. But I had grown up in a family that was raised by post-depression era parents. When my mother was born in 1945, her father was 53 years old. He was born in 1892. When my mother's mother was born, my grandmother, when my mother was born, my grandmother was 43. She was the ninth of 10 children. And my, fa- my grandfather was an aged ice truck driver. He made a very small income. So there was often very little to go around in the family. But he provided for his family as best he could. And there were times my mother has stories about when she lived with a lady named Miss Brown. And Miss Brown taught her about gardening and canning and cooking. And she stayed with Miss Brown and she helped Miss Brown with the, the chores in her home. And in response to that, as a young girl going to school, Mrs. Brown would buy her clothing and give her a place to stay. And I don't tell these things to tell off on my mother. I'm telling you that I grew up from, from a place where things were greatly budgeted. My father grew up with, with a father who, during the Depression, with small children in his home, would get up before sunrise, walk miles, and work until after sunset for a dollar a day. He raised his sons with an incredible work ethic. Because from the time they were very small, they were working first on the farm, and then as they got older, they accompanied their father to his job at a locker plant, a meat processing plant. And my grandfather had trained his three boys to help him, and they became a very skilled team who could very quickly process livestock And he worked alongside of his father. And his father required him with the money he earned to pay for his entertainment, his clothing... Anything that my father needed, he was required to provide for out of the pay that he received from his father. And he was pray- and his father was paid based on the number of lives that they worked through the processing and, and cleaned and dressed out for meat at that plant. And so my father had an incredible work ethic. But my grandfather believed you wouldn't value anything if you didn't work for it. So it left very little room for grace. And so there was this fear of lack that was instilled in me from a young age, not because we lacked anything. I grew up in an upper middle income class home in the 70s and 80s. We lived in nice housing and we always had our needs met. We always wore good clothes. We got new clothes every year for school, new shoes. We never did without. But there was something in me that feared that I, I lacked. And so it was all about the lack. And so when I get this revelation about abundance, it's competing with my understanding and my belief system that is tied to lack. So today, the answer to my question, are you content with just your necessities? My answer is yes. The Lord himself is my provision and everything he provides is enough. Even when it, by my estimation, doesn't meet all my needs, it requires me to trust him more. He is always enough. I must trust God completely. I often ask myself, which choice in my life requires me to risk more and trust God more? Because that's the direction he often calls me to go. This is the life of abundance. Which choice would require me to trust God more? So let's go to John 10:10, 10, 10, which is the first place that I found this word and we're reading from the Passion Translation, and it's talking about he's talking about the parable of the kind or the good shepherd. And he t- says that the true shepherd walks up to the gate, and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in, and the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. Now, I want to challenge you that the gatekeeper in this story is you and me. Because we know the good shepherd, we know that he wants those sheep that are in this pasture that we are living in, this community, this place where he's planted us and given us influence. And those sheep, our job is to protect those sheep for our shepherd, to be attentive to them and to lead them to him so that when he comes, we open the gate and we don't let that guy who climbs in over the wall, who is the thief, come in and disrupt the sheep and steal from the sheep and destroy the sheep. See, because when we allow the good shepherd in, the sheep are gonna recognize his voice and he has brought out all his sheep and he walks ahead of him and they follow him For they are familiar with his voice, but they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. So here's why it's important for the Holy Spirit to be the one activating and working through us because he's the one who convicts the world of sin and the judgment of the enemy, the ruler of this world, Satan. He's the one who convicts them of that, not us. Our job is to be the love of God to them. Do you hear that? Our job is to be exactly what Jesus was to the sinful, to the fallen. The only people Jesus confronted were the people who were so tied to their religious traditions and understanding that they could not recognize the promise of God when he was standing in front of them. That they were tormenting his people and hurting and wounding them, speaking peace to them when there was no peace. They were taking advantage of them financially. Those are the people that God rebuked, not the sinner, not the one caught in their sin, not the one needing healing. He didn't tell them they had to get dressed up and cleaned up before they could come. No, he delivered them and then he sent them out and he told, and and he required most of them to tell their story to those religious people who had rejected him. A testimony. So Jesus went over it again. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. So Jesus is the gate. All those who broke in before me are thieves who came to steal, but the sheep have never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. So see, we stand at the gate. Jesus is the gate. He's the good shepherd, and he's the gate. We stand at the gate, and we tend the presence of God, and we administer the presence of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it was so powerful in Acts chapter 2 and 4 when Peter preached the gospel and the signs and wonders came and everybody there was saved. Everyone was saved. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter or kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more, more, than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow satisfy. I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect. That is life, freedom and satisfaction life in its fullness until you overflow. For I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for sheep, but the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd. If I'm only serving God because of what I feel like I can get from him, I'm not really one of these gatekeepers, one of these under shepherds to Christ who is called to go out and call his sheep to him. Because he has no heart for the sheep, he will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And when the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off and scatters them. He says, I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and they know me, just as the Father knows my heart and I know my Father's heart. I am ready to give my life for the sheep. See, we are supposed to give our life for God's sheep. And I think we miss this very, very often. We are about what God is doing for our life and doing for us. What are we getting out of the bargain I just need one more prophetic word. I just need, I just need, I just need. But the truth is, he has already provided all I need. Christ in me is the hope of glory. His glory is at stake in everything I do. And if I'm not pointing people to his glory and not revealing him to people through the power of the Holy Spirit, then I'm missing the call of God on my life. You know, I say that, Blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams, and I believe that's true. But if your wildest dream is not anchored in who Christ is, if it's about the bigger house, the bigger boat, the better job, the more opportunity, if it's not about advancing the kingdom of God upon the earth, if it's not about bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth, if it's not about making Jesus known to the world, then you've missed it. Because this abundance Jesus talks about is the place where God has already provided everything that you need. You lack nothing, and you're supposed to be giving that away. That may be finances and resources. That may be understanding and knowledge. That may be your testimony. That may be a heart to see the people of the world saved. That may be works of healing, signs and wonders. It may be laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, delivering people of demons and ministering freedom, but you're supposed to do it for the glory of God, not to make yourself known, not to get yourself money. Yes, we need to work. Paul was a tent maker. Most of the apostles were fishermen. Levi was a tax collector, and he gave that up so he could follow Christ. We have to make choices. We have to sacrifice ourselves on behalf of others in the name of Christ. And we can't let people think it's about us. Blooming Inspired Network is not about me. It's about all of you out there who need to be raised up, equipped, and walking in your calling so that you can be more of who Christ is to the world than you are today. We are the leaders, ladies, alongside men, alongside our children who are saved, We are the leaders in the body of Christ. We should be leading people to Jesus in everything we do. So let's go to Psalm 23, and this is where I'm going to wrap it up. Listen to what he says here. This is how he equips us. This is how he empowers us. Listen. Listen. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I have a relationship with him. He's not just my caretaker. He's my friend. He's my confidant. He's the lover of my soul. I always have more than enough. This is abundance. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. I live from a place of rest. He, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace and a quiet brook of bliss. And that's not about anything more than being in His presence. That's where He restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure to do what pleases God and leads me along in His footsteps of His righteousness so that I can bring all honor to his name. It's all about him. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Jesus has conquered all my fears, so I have nothing to fear when he leads me, no matter where he leads me. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. And you give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I will return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. This is what we live for, my friends. To make him known, to bring honor to his name, to follow his righteousness, to live in what pleases God, to be peace and bliss and rest to a world that is daily in tumult, to use our words to heal rather than stir up trouble, to condemn. And when the darkest moments come, we don't have anything to fear because we know the one who is with us. We know that he is walking with us. He is our friend. He is our shepherd. He provides everything we need to get through anything we face. So I don't have to woe as me. I don't have to lose hope. I fix my eyes on him and I pursue him with all of my life. And if that life comes to an end, I rejoice all the more. I have nothing to fear. To live is Christ, as Paul would say, and to die is gain. So as I leave you with this, I pray the Lord would minister his hope and his truth and his presence to your life liberally. That you would know no lack and no fear. That his goodness and his love would conquer everything that opposes him in your life. And you would walk in the footsteps of his righteousness and the pathways that please God. That you would live in that peace and luxurious love that is rest and bliss. That his comfort would take away all your fears and know, you would know you are never alone and that he would anoint you with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit, and that you would drink heartily from him so that your heart overflows. I want to I end on this note. Some time ago, someone gave me a teacup with a saucer, and they told me, Never minister out of your cup. Allow your cup to always be full, and only minister out of the grace that comes in the overflow. In other words, sip from your saucer because your cup is overflowed. That way you never run the risk of drinking your cup dry. So as the years have come, and I've realized this higher call and ministry in my life, <clears throat> I've got three cups that have been given to me as gifts. The first cup was that small teacup. It's a little bit fragile. It's dainty. It's marked in gold. It reminds me that I am his masterpiece, his craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the works he prepared for me before the world was ever created. And so it's a smaller cup with a big saucer. It takes a very little to fill it, but it doesn't take much to drink it dry. So I have to sip from the saucer. Next, I was given a more sturdy cup, a stoneware cup. Beautiful. It's very ornately dressed. It's got a very, very, very tiny saucer underneath it. It's a very tall cup. It can hold a lot. It's got a spoon that goes with it, and it's monogrammed with my initial. This I call my Jesus cup. This cup, I can share some of those things that come from this cup, But this cup is about my identity, my freedom. This is what what God ministers in me so that the Holy Spirit can show me what I have to give away in His overflow of grace. So this is the place where my heart relationship happens with God. And I can give away some of those things as He guides me, but most of it is for me to build me up, to encourage me, to heal me, to set me free. And then I have my Father Cup. And this cup has no saucer. It's a very wide, round cup. It's beautifully decorated with flowers. It's a a cup of provision for me. It's a reminder that there are things about my journey with God that are just for me and Him alone that I don't share with anybody. And it's where I come to know the Father as provider, as Papa. And so these three cups must remain full in my life all the time for me to be effective out there because then the source of what I do is them, not me. And it requires me to live circumspect. And so as I close out the show today, I want to ask you, how full is your cup? How full is it of the righteousness, the peace, the joy, the love, the bliss, the pleasure of God? How full is it of life and truth and comfort and joy? Patience self-control, goodness, gentleness, kindness. Pursue him. Let him fill you to overflowing and give away what comes from overflow. And then you will surely glorify him in everything you do. That's all I have for you today. I want to remind you that our website has all the information about Blooming Inspired Network. If you'd like to know more about our statements of belief, what we stand for, what our purpose is, you can find that right there on the website under the About tab. There's more information about me, Michelle Bentham, the host of this podcast. And there is an opportunity for you to connect with us. Would you like to host your own podcast? I'm building some packages where I would coach you through developing a podcast. We would launch it on our network here, and um, you would be able to to host that um, multiple times a week or just a few times a week, maybe one time a week. I already have one going. I know there's another one in the development process, and it'll be coming out here very soon. And so I would love to connect with you. You can click that link on the website and fill out um, an email contacting me about hosting your own podcast you can also submit a podcast audition tape there if you'd like that's about five minutes of just what is your podcast about what is you what is it that you feel like you have to share with the world and who are you and i would love to um, just connect with you about that so with that said i want to go ahead and close out the show as i always do reminding you that blooming letting your roots go deep where you are And being faithful in those small things is the first step to living your wildest dreams, those dreams that God planted in your life, in your heart, from a very early time, so that you could affect and influence the world around you and live your life blooming alive. You have been listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast on Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the Ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and select the podcast link at the top of the page. Thank you for listening.